All right, the articles of impeachment have been filed, and here they are. Abuse of power. The president using uh, the powers of his office for personal gain, ignoring uh, the national interest, which is based on your opinion. Uh, if you believe the president didn't have any, didn't want to know anything except Joe Biden, didn't care about where our eight billion dollars went, didn't care about uh, the obstruction or the uh, the uh, throwing of the election in 2016 and the the actual collusion with the Democratic Party. If you think that was all personal, if you think that he was only going after Joe Biden because he was a candidate. And it had nothing to do with making sure that the vice president wasn't enriching his family at our expense. Go ahead. Try to prove that. I don't know how you're going to, but try to prove that. Pat Gray joins us along with uh, Stu Bergier, our executive producer. Um, The second one is obstruction of Congress, not obstruction of justice, but obstruction of Congress. This one is truly laughable. Because the president can obstruct Congress. They're an equal branch, an equal and separate branch. So the Congress cannot tell the president what to do, and the president cannot tell Congress what to do. They can try, and they've tried over and over again for the last 200-plus years. But the Supreme Court has decided over and over and over again, it is absolutely the president's right to not allow people to testify or turn over records. David French wrote about this, and it's, you know he's exactly what you outlined. Both parties have asserted this immunity for generations. Listen to this. For nearly a half century, the Office of Legal Counsel of the Department of Justice has consistently opined that, quote, the president and his immediate advisors are absolutely immune from testimonial compulsion by a congressional committee <laughs> on matters related to their official duties. OLC has reaffirmed this position more than a dozen times over the course of the last nine administrations of both political parties. Um, uh, William Rehnquist, uh, when he was attorney, uh, assistant attorney general, uh, did this in 1971. He said, the president and his immediate advisors, that is those who customarily meet with the president on a regular or frequent basis, should be deemed absolutely immune from testimonial compulsion by a congressional committee. They may, uh, may not only may not be examined with respect to their official duties, but they may not even be compelled to appear before a congressional committee. Jeez. This opinion was re- reaffirmed by the Clinton administration in 1996 and by the Obama administration in 2014. As the Obama DOJ explained, this asserted immunity is rooted in the constitutional separation of powers and in the immunity of the president himself from congressional compulsion to testify. Since the president is the head of one of the independent branches of the federal government, if Congress could force the president or one of his immediate advisors to testify, then the president's independence and autonomy from Congress would be threatened. And that is as open and shut a case as you can possibly imagine. There is no grounds to impeach the president on obstruction of Congress. Mm -hmm. It's their job to do an investigation if they want to do one. If, but they don't have. They can't force people associated closely with the president to come and testify. That's just not how it works. If you want to do that, you can go to uh, the Supreme Court, and you can have them rule on it. And, and individual cases is this outside of their everyday duties? There's some ways you can get around those things, but the court has to rule on them. Several of these witnesses that have been called have asked the court to rule on it, and uh, the Democratic Congress said no. That's going to take too much time we got to get it on Christmas break or whatever their argument is. 
Um, it is an open and shut case on that one. I, I, it's an embarrassment, and it shows how weak their hand is that they would even try that as one of these articles of impeachment. So I talked to Ted Cruz. You can hear him on the podcast uh, later today, but I talked to Ted Cruz about an hour ago, and he said, we are absolutely going to take this up, and we have questions. Now, um, there are three senators that are starting to put together uh, the uh, uh, a probe uh, and a witness list and the first two on their witness list uh chalupa the woman who was at really i think the head of the dnc um collusion with the ukrainians and andre teloshenko who worked first for the prosecutor's office then was transferred and worked for the embassy here in the united states for the ukrainians and has details we've talked to him on the program he has details and names and times and places of what Democrats were there and what they were doing with Chalupa and what was happening uh, on this collusion to throw our 2016 election and throw Donald Trump under the bus. Now, if the Democrats uh, uh, get their way and the Republicans do not truly open up everything and they don't investigate the whistleblower, uh, the collusion with the Democrats, if we don't uncover all of this and come with an answer, a satisfying answer, the republic is deeply, deeply hurt. Now, I want to, you know, they, they like to talk about the Constitution and their, and their constitutional duty um, here uh, in Congress right now. But what does the Constitution say that there are three jobs in the preamble. What are the three jobs, Pat, of the of of the government? Uh, common defense. Provide for the common defense. Um, promote promote the general welfare, welfare. and and secure. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> fixing up the uh, declaration with the preamble. Uh, and promote the general welfare. Provide for the common defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Promote welfare. the general welfare. And, jeez, uh, now I forgot it. Uh, and um, promote domestic tranquility. tranquility. Okay. Mm-hmm. Providing for the common defense. So hard to remember tra- tranquility because we haven't seen it seen in it so long. long. Time. Uh, are, are they providing for the common defense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think some of the things like civil society 2.0 and the State Department is, is hurting that, but they yeah. are providing for a common defense. Okay, We have the Air Force and the Navy and everything else. Are they promoting the general welfare? No. I don't think so either. Look at what the headlines are in the UK. In the UK. Uh, nationalized health care is falling apart. The, the big story is the kid that was sleeping on a pillow out in a hallway because there, was no, there were no beds in the hospital for him. It's completely falling apart over there. So, you know, uh, promoting the general welfare? No. Uh, and promoting domestic tranquility? We all know that's the exact opposite. Of the what exact opposite. Every, I'm going to put everybody in that boat. I'll put everybody in that boat, knowing that some are, are not, shouldn't be in that boat. But let's all look at our own parties and say, are you promoting domestic tranquility? Now, how do you do that? You do that by pretty much doing the opposite of what everything in Washington is happening right now and in the media. And that is look for truth. 
Domestic tranquility is all screwed up when you don't know what the truth is anymore. When there is no absolute truth, when there is no arbiter of truth and justice and fairness, when it is all in question, there is no domestic tranquility. Now, I want to take you not just to what has happened and these these two unbelievable charges um, that anybody in the media who is telling you, well, this is pretty serious charges, they're lying to you. They are absolutely lying to you. They are disappointed to the core because there's nothing to these charges. Uh, now, let's go over the IG report that also came out yesterday. So the IG report came out and said that the Russia, Russia investigation began as justified and unbiased. But then something happened along the way. Steele, the DNC, FISA, the FBI all went off the rails. And they, they put this 500-page report out. And they, are, they said that there are 17 inaccuracies or errors that were made. And when you hear some of these errors or inaccuracy, remember, we're talking about going to a FISA court. This is a secret court. This is so... Uh, anti-constitutional it's sickening but this is a secret court and the fbi went this should have the highest highest standard for any kind of uh warrant so they go to this secret court and they go and they say we have to know this stuff because this presidential candidate Looks like he's doing some really bad things. Okay, but let's remember we're dealing with the pre- the possible president of the United States. We're asking the courts and the FBI to get involved in an election. I am totally fine with somebody getting involved, the FBI, and vetting. If, if Donald Trump would have been in bed with Russia, it would have been really bad. And he should have been impeached if that were the case. And I like the fact that the FBI will look into these people. However, their omissions or their inaccuracies all amount to the FBI lying to the court. And some of them are really, really bad. For instance, they omitted information the FBI had obtained from another U.S. government agency detailing its prior relationship with Carter Page, including that Page had been approved as an operational contact for another agency from 2008 to 2013, and that Page had provided information to the other agency concerning his prior contacts with certain Russian intelligence officers, one of which uh, overlapped with the facts asserted in the FISA application. So in other words, the FBI came to the court and said, Hey, we got this guy. He's talking to Russian agents and he's working for Donald Trump. And we just we just really need to wiretap. Okay, well, is the are you sure the guy's not working for us or any other agency? No. Not working for any other agency. Well, that's not true. Are you sure he hasn't said anything about working with these people for us? Has he ever reported any of that? No, he hasn't done that. Well, they knew that he did. Now, is that just an inaccuracy 
or is that a lie? Well, one of those, you can say, is an inaccuracy. But wait until you hear the 16 others in the one conversation with the courts. And I'll tell you what the real problem is in just a minute. Okay. Are you bothered by that first inaccuracy? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Why does that bother you? Uh, well, because it's bogus and they're trying to they're trying to remove the president of the United States. It's a pretty serious business. Okay. So the second one included a source characterization statement asserting that Steele's prior reporting had been corroborated and used in criminal proceedings. Okay, not so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he, he they hadn't been cooperated, that, yeah, and right. uh, in and they had not been used in in criminal proceedings. Uh, they admitted that's this number two. Here's number three. That's another lie. Yeah, another lie. Uh, no, no, no. An inaccuracy. inaccuracy. Uh, number three, omitted information relevant to the reliability of person one, a key steel subsource who is attributed with providing the information in report 95 and some of the information in reports 80, 102 relied on the application. Namely, that one, Steele himself told members of the Crossfire Hurricane team that helped him that person, uh, I'm sorry, that was the Crossfire um, Hurricane team is the investigation on the investigators, if you will. Steele himself told members of the Crossfire Hurricane team that Person 1 was a boaster and an egotist and may have engaged in some embellishment. And, and the rest of that is redacted. <laughs> okay, so they admitted, they, they admitted all of that. They, they took all that stuff out when they were talking to the judge. Asserted that the FBI had assessed this, that Steele did not directly provide the press information in the 20, uh, September 23rd Yahoo News article based on the premise that Steele had told the FBI that he only shared his election-related research with the FBI and Fusion GPS, his client. This premise was incorrect and contradicted by documentation in the Woods file. Steele had told the FBI that he also gave the information to the State Department. So we're 0 for 4 so far. Yes. These are, um, uh, these are things that they just, they were inaccuracies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. But they didn't do anything wrong. These are just, <laughs> right. they just made some mistakes. Errors. Oh, dang it. Errors. Errors. When that happens. Yeah, these are called like errors when you don't carry and the inaccuracies. One. Yeah. I love that wording. Carry the one. You know, when you do something <clears throat> intentionally, they're not errors. That's, that's a... <laughs> well, that's, I'm going to get to that. I'm okay. going to get to that. These are errors because we can't, mm-hmm. we can't mm-hmm. decide what the intent was they admitted they omitted that papadopoulos's consensually monitored statements to an fbi chs in september 2016 denying anyone associated with trump campaign was collaborating with russians or with outside groups like wikileaks in the release of the emails so he went on the record and said we are not doing that not doing that (laughs) and they admitted that yeah yeah okay uh, and probably not something a judge needed to see. No. Um, they omitted Page's consensually monitored statements to FBI CHS in August 2016 that Page had literally never met 
or said one word to Paul Manafort and that Manafort had not responded to any of Page's emails. If true, those statements were in tension with claims in Report 95 that Page was participating in a conspiracy with Russia by acting as an intermediary for Manafort on behalf of the Trump campaign. So now this judge is sitting here and he's getting the same treatment that the American people are getting from Schiff and from the media. They're, in, uh, they're omitting all kinds of truth. They're omitting the entire other side of the story. Mm-hmm. They're omitting that, no, wait a minute, that never happened. And I here's my sworn statement on that. They're not even mentioning it. We're only up to six. There are 17 of these, and they get much, much worse. More in a second, and I'll tell you what the real problem is in America coming up. If you've been listening for a while, can you can you tell me that what I just shared with you a few minutes ago about the IG report is what you heard from the mainstream media last night? <laughs> uh, no. Pat no. says Pat just says laugh. <laughs> yes. Uh and uh Stu says no. There's I mean, the, <laughs> what you heard from the mainstream media was number one, first and foremost, main thing you need to know is there was no finding uh, of evidence of political bias that started this this uh, report. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to come back to that. That's okay. number one. Right. Then they'll right. go into, well, there were some errors that they talked about, but it's not really. I mean, look, look. the bottom line, though, is, of course, no political bias. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay, so we, we've gone through, what, six or seven of these. There were mm-hmm. 17 just for time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just cherry pick here, but they're all bad. Okay, none of these errors fall to the Democrats' favor, you know, and, oh, look. So these are all in Trump's favor, just strictly for time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit some of these. Uh, the, um, uh, the FBI failed to correct the assertion in the first FISA application that the FBI did not believe that, directly, that Steele directly provided information to the reporter who wrote the September 23rd uh, Yahoo News article, even though there was no information in the Woods file to support this claim, and that after a certain cross, uh, Crossfire Hurricane officials learned in 2017, but before the third renewal application. So hmm. he, they weren't updating. They, they would have new information, and they would not go to the judge and go, hey, by the way, uh, I know this is up for renewal, but some things have changed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, on page six, um, they admitted information indicating that Page played no role in the the platform change for the Republican Party on Russia's annexation in of Ukraine. Now, this was alleged in the Steele dossier, but it was inconsistent with a factual assertion relied upon to support the probable cause in all four I, uh, FISA applications. So, again... We're just taking out, you know, the people and what they said happened. So there's only one side being presented here. However, as we explain later, the Crossfire Hurricane team failed to inform department officials of significant information that was available to the team at the time the FISA applications were drafted and filed. And much of that information was inconsistent with, inconsistent 
with or undercut the assertions contained in the FISA applications that were used to support probable cause. So in other words, they didn't tell the judge, oh, by the way, we've got a buttload of stuff saying that this is all inaccurate. Mm. They're presenting this as this is the truth, this is all we have, and this is why we need the FISA report. Now, that seems more... It seems inaccurate to call that an inaccuracy, doesn't it? Slightly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Steele himself was not the originating source of any of the factual information in his reporting. Steele instead relied on a primary subsource of information who used his or her network of subsources to gather information that was passed on to Steele. With Fusion GPS's authorization... Steele directly provided more than a dozen of his reports to the FBI between July and October 2016 and several to the FBI through Orr and other third parties. Steele's handling agent told us that when Steele provided him with the first election reports in July 2016 and described his engagement with Fusion GPS, it was obvious to that agent that the request for research was politically motivated. Didn't you say the press said that there was no Uh political motivation? Uh Mm. It's here, and it's actually in bold print, and it's capitalized. It was obvious that the request for that research was politically motivated. However, as we described later, as the FBI attained additional information raising significant questions about the reliability of the Steele election reporting, the FBI failed to reassess the Steele reporting relied upon in the FISA applications and did not fully brief the, the FISA judge. We also found the FBI did not aggressively seek to obtain certain potentially important information from Steele. Steele. For example, the FBI did not press Steele for information about the actual funding source of this election research. So they didn't even... They didn't even ask who was funding all of this. Well, that's not interesting. Sure, <laughs> sure. We determined that the Crosshair for Hurricanes team receipt of Steele's election reporting on September 19th, 2016, played a central and essential role in the FBI's department decision to seek the FISA order. Now, here's where it gets really dicey. October 31st, 2016, Shortly after the first FISA application was signed, an article entitled Veteran Spy Has Given FBI Information Alleging a Russian Operation to Cultivate Donald Trump was published by Mother Jones. Steele admitted to the FBI that he was the source for this article. And that's why, now listen to this, the FBI closed him as a CHS for cause in November 16. That's big. That's a big thing. What's a CHS? CHS uh, is uh, Confiden- confidential human source. Yeah, confidential and human source. So when they do that and they close out for cause a confidential human source, they do not take any more information from them. They do not consider it to be credible. They do not have any contact with them after They that. cannot contact the federal government and the federal government cannot contact them. They are saying this source has been compromised. 
and you are not to have any contact because they don't want anything tainted by that individual. The law on this is really clear. There's a whole guidebook about confidential human sources. Um, So, as we described below, despite having been closed for cause, so in other words, they're not just closing it because, you know, he's not so relevant. No, he violated one of the rules. So we can no longer trust him. We're terminating him with cause. The Crossfire Hurricane team continued to obtain information from Steele through the Justice Department Mm -hmm. or who met with the FBI on 13 occasions to pass along the information that he had been provided by Steele. This is a direct violation of FBI policy on handling confidential human sources. Once a source, I'm quoting from the thing that the press all read yesterday, but missed this part. Once a source has been closed for cause, the FBI can no longer touch them. Per the IG report, FBI compliance with policies, the FBI CHS policy guide, CHSPG, provides guidance to agents concerning contacts with CHSs after they've been closed for cause, as was the case with Steele on November 2016. According to the CHSPG, a handling agent must not ever initiate contact or respond to contacts from former CHSs who have been closed for cause, absent exceptional circumstances that are to be approved by the SSA. That's the Leadership Council. The CHSPG requires reopening of the CHS if the relationship between the FBI and the closed CHS is expected to continue beyond the initial contact or debriefing. But reopening requires high level of supervisory approval, including a finding that the benefits of reopening the CHS outweighs the risks. We found that while the Crossfire Hurricane team did not initiate direct contact with Steele after his closure, it it responded to numerous uh, contacts made by Steele through Bruce Orr in the Justice Department who would also be bound by the same rules. Orr himself was not a direct witness in the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. Rather, his purpose in communicating with the FBI was to pass along information from Steele, which the FBI had closed and said, we don't want any of it because it's tainted. Mm -hmm. While the FBI CHS policy does not explicitly address indirect contact between an FBI agent and a closed CHS, we concluded that the repeated contacts with Steele should have triggered the CHS policy requiring such contacts occur only after SSA determines that exceptional circumstances exist. While the SSA was present for the meetings with Orr, we found no evidence that the SSA made considered judgments uh, of an exceptional circumstance that it would exist. We have found that given that there were more than 13 different meetings with Orr over the period of months, the use of Orr as a conduit between the FBI and Steele created a relationship by proxy that should have triggered, pursuant to FBI policy, a supervisory decision on whether or not to reopen Steele as a CHS or discontinue accepting information indirectly through Orr. Now, who is Orr? 
or was the head guy at the uh, Department of Justice. Let me get his his actual former associate deputy attorney general at the DOJ. Associate attorney general. Okay. Kind of a big role. Who's his wife? She was working for Fusion GPS. She was also passing on information, opposition research on Trump from Fusion GPS. So he was getting it in the bedroom. He was getting it in his in, in his clandestine meetings. Is there any political reason? Is there any reason? We learned that whether and how to present Steele's reporting in the intelligence community assessment was a topic of significant discussion between FBI and the other agencies participating in it. According to FBI, the interagency editing process for the ICA progressed. The Central Intelligence Agency expressed concern about the lack of vetting for the Steele election reporting and asserted it did not merit inclusion in the body of the report. So the CIA was saying none of this should be include, included. But Comey, McCabe, and other members of the FBI sought to include the reporting in the ICA. Limited information from the Steele reporting ultimately was presented in the appendix, blah, 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 blah. We believe, this is from the report, we believe that all of these inconsistencies and inaccuracies taken together resulted in FISA applications that made it appear information supporting probable cause was stronger than it actually was. The FBI closed Steele down, but Steele continued to pass the information to the FBI through Bruce Orr, or was instructed to pass the information on as Steele gave it to him, or told the investigator uh, that he did not recall the FBI asking him to take any action regarding Steele or Simpson, but Orr stated that the general instruction was to let the FBI know whenever I got any information from Steele, end quote. Now, here's the problem. Here's why I started the hour with um, um, promoting the general welfare and uh, and uh, what's the other one from the Constitution? Tranquility. Tranquility. <laughs> it's really, really important that you understand that's the job of Congress. I'll tell you why and what's happening and I don't think that it is a mistake and why this trial must happen and must fully open up everything. I'll do that after the break. All right, coming up in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you um, what is really happening in America. And I've not heard this opinion from anyone. And it is why the Republic disintegrates if we don't address this and address this in the Senate hearing, um, Pat, after hearing the IG report, after hearing all the propaganda and then hearing just the just the few that I I did read to you, mm-hmm. what is your what is your takeaway? Uh, that we are in a lot of trouble uh, if we don't try to do something to uh, mitigate all this, if we don't have a Senate trial to bring all this to light. It makes sense because you take us through the chronological events that have happened in the last 20 years and you see where it's led us 
and it just makes complete sense. I want to I want to do that at the top of the hour. I want to take you. I just took the boys quickly through my theory, and uh, mm-hmm. I want to take you through that and and show you what's happened to us in the last twenty years, twenty five years, and how we are being set up, and it's by our own government. Now they may not be doing it intentionally. I think maybe some of them are now, but intentionally, I don't think this was an intentional plan, but it has gotten us to where we are, and the way to solve it is right here in front of us with this Senate hearing. It seems to me if they don't do this right, it, people are just going to throw their hands up and not want to hear anything not trust from anyone. anything, any nope. of these institutions, nope. and that's really dangerous. Nope. It is critical for the general welfare and for tranquility that they take this hearing on and open it all up. I'll explain fully next. You're listening to Glenn.